Hi, I'm Charlene Keating. I'm with the Appreneur Summit, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I am your host. It's Paul Kemp. Uh, I know that having done 260-odd episodes of this show that there is a common theme and something we often discuss, which is a need for an app that helps us curate our lives. And I think I found like a really interesting uh, founder who's actually created an app that you're going to love. So first of all, I want you to to help you go through this uh, podcast, certainly go and search for Plan Up App uh, on the App Store, and uh, you can download that or you can go to uh, planup.co. Uh, I believe the yeah, planup.co and you can then find the links to download the app as well and then it'll just make it a lot easier for you to go through this podcast so do that now and then come back and, and let me introduce Jason Powers he's, uh, he's the founder of this app and uh, he's going to help us uh, understand his journey with it so Jason welcome to the App Guy podcast thanks Paul so much for having me I really appreciate it and I'm looking forward to it so now that folks have downloaded this thing and, uh, you know, are playing around with it, perhaps you can give us just a, a brief uh, overview of uh, what it does, the PlanUp app. Absolutely, Paul. Um, so basically, uh, really what, what PlanUp is trying to solve and what I was trying to, uh, the, the problem I was trying to fix when I originally conceived of PlanUp and, and created it um, is, you know, the, I, I felt that there was this uh, general movement towards, you know, spending more of our lives online, right? We're, we're really focused around social media and a lot of, you know, sharing and, and conversation was happening outside of, of real life. It was happening via electronic means, uh, sharing via Instagram and all these things. And, and I, I was a strong believer that, you know, an important part of, you know, our lives and being happy, healthy human beings was being social in, in real life and having face to but I knew that there was uh, a lot, lot of problems uh, often associated with that. Yeah, so right. how, how specifically then, Jason, can, can we actually curate our lives with PlanerPap? So the, the way that it works is, is it, it actually has twofold, uh, there's sort of twofold functionality. The, the first piece of it is it helps people coordinate groups, uh, you know, social events and groups of friends together around specific events. So you can kind of think of that like uh, almost like Evite, uh, you know, Evite has been around for lots of years and you can invite your friends to a group, but it's, it's like that on steroids and, and designed for, um, you know, designed for mobile first, obviously. And so the, the real core of the functionality, in addition to being able to, as a, an event planner, be able to, you know, invite a couple of people to a specific event with a start and a stop time. The real sort of secret sauce or what's cool about what PlanUp does is it it adds location sharing, private group location sharing to any event that you create. So you say, hey, we're meeting up for drinks on Friday night from 8 to 11. And what happens is when 8 o'clock rolls around, the three friends that you invited to join you and who joined the group are now all going to be sharing their location during that period of time. So it essentially eliminates any need to uh, to send the sort of the, the proverbial where are you text message when you say, uh, you know, James is running late. I don't know where he is. And uh, instead of sending him a text message, waiting for him to respond, 
you know, you can just pull up the map in plan up and see, oh, that James is about a mile away. You know, he'll be here soon. OK, that's um, awesome. So, that's really cool. And uh, it's a shame it wasn't around 10 years ago. <laughs> right. I know. I know. Right. I'm uh, I'm already too old to really take advantage of the app. But uh, obviously, there's a, a lot of folks running around that that uh, that can get a lot of use out of it. So, Jason, a lot of the listeners are always interested in the person behind the app. And I'd love to know a little bit more about you personally. And, you know, why did you create this app? Where did you come up with the idea? And, and how did you support yourself while you were you were building it? Yeah, so, um, so you know, I, I, I've always been a... Uh, so uh, I'll rewind a little bit further. So my, my background is actually not in technology. I've done a lot of different things, everything from, you know, consulting to uh, real estate investment. Um, and so I, really what happened was, you know, I, I did grow up in California, went to school in the, the Silicon Valley area, and had always been surrounded by technology, always liked technology, uh, and basically there was an opportunity. I, I saw this as a, as a big opportunity because I'm a very, I consider myself to be a very social person. I'm kind of often, uh, the one making plans. And I was always frustrated by the fact that, you know, I was trying to figure out where people were, or I was trying to, you know, all, uh, spending a lot of time and effort trying to coordinate these events with my, with my close group of friends. And, and it, just made things more difficult than it had to be. So I, I saw this as an opportunity and kind of and thought through the design of the product from that perspective. Yeah. And I, how did you actually, uh, you know, start this whole thing? Is this your full time, you know, sort of go at your full time jump into startups or, or are you doing this on the side while you're you're holding down a full time job? No, so I actually, uh, when I decided I was going to go for it, I, I went all in and I, I quit my day job after I basically got the initial uh, initial product specifications together. And, um, you know, I've been I've actually been at it for about two years now. Um, and I've taken along the way, I've taken odd, uh, you know, uh, consulting gigs here and there to, to try to, to pay the bills uh, while I was developing what is a you know a hundred percent free app for consumers um you know kind of kind of swinging big for the fences and hoping that i can i can create something powerful enough to to uh to really you know make an impact on the market well jason i have to say first of all i'm extremely extremely inspired by your journey and i know that everyone listening right now is is getting really energized because the biggest hurdle i've been through this before as well is, is to you know, quit your job. And a lot of people don't even get that to that point. I wondered if you could talk us through how, how you actually got overcame that fear factor of going in that day, handing in your notice to your boss, and then realizing that, you know, you're on your own. How did you do it? Yeah, you know, it was a it was a pretty intense experience. Um, and, and to be honest, I think that a lot of the, uh, uh, you know, my the bravery, so so to, so to speak, came from the support that I had from you know my family and my fiance and uh, and sort of the the network of people that I had around me from from school and professionally that all said you know hey you know we th we think you're onto something I, I really like what what you have conceived of here and uh, you know. No, you know, now is the time, right? Uh, I'm, you know, you're not, you're not married yet. You don't have kids. So, um, just, 
you know, go for it. And, and they, you know, there was a lot of reassurance from that, that group of people that, you know, if it didn't work out, there would, uh, there would certainly be, you know, opportunities for me afterwards. And, uh, and, and so it just, you know, that's, that's kind of how it happened. I credit, I credit a lot to the folks that I had around me. So there you go. There's the, uh, you're throwing down the gauntlet to every appster tribe listening to this right now is have a think about your support you know, network. I know I had a lot of support from uh, my family, my wife, and uh, it was just so much easier uh, to know that they're behind you, you know, rather than uh, the opposite. Uh, it makes the whole lot easier. Uh, but do you have any tips? I mean, you've gone through this now for two years. Uh, you're you're basically offering a free app. Uh, so I'm guessing that, you know, you're, you are having to subsidize your income with uh, some consulting gigs. Have you got any tips for anyone who wants to do the same? Uh, from the standpoint of, uh, of finding the consulting gigs or just about how to go about, you know, sort of getting things off the ground or, you know, advice that I have for, for folks starting a, starting a, a new venture. Yeah. I mean, what do you think is most important? I mean, I'm just, I'm thinking of how best to help anyone who is perhaps inspired by your story and wants to go and do the same thing. They're just about to quit their job. And, you know, I mean, obviously it can be quite challenging to, to make, um, especially if you're going for a big, you know, you're offering a free app and I can imagine it's not producing a lot, a lot of income for, for you just yet. You know, what, what, what would you suggest to anyone who is going to follow your same path? You know, one, one of the things that, that I think is, and it's interestingly in my journey, it's, it's something that hasn't happened either time around. Um, but one, one of the things that I think is, um, is particularly important, and I and I would, uh, unless it's absolutely you know impossible for the for the founder to do, um, one of the things I, I always suggest is you know try to find someone to do it with. Uh, a co-founder can be just so invaluable, not only in in the you know ideas that they bring or the work that they can do, but just in terms of having that that emotional support sitting next to you day after day. Uh, you know, I have I have worked for startups in the past that where I wasn't the founder, but I was part of the founding team. And it was, it's a night and day difference between sitting in a, in a small office space or in your home office by yourself alone, you know, day after day after day, uh, it, it gets, it, it can wear on you. And I'm, I'm a pretty optimistic person by nature. And, you know, even I found times that were pretty dark and could really have used, uh, the support of someone sitting next to me sort of in the weeds with me that, your your support network outside of the the co-founder can is, is great, but they they're not living it with you. So um, ha- having that kind of support is is huge. Yeah, I can imagine as well. It's not a particularly uh, cheap place to live where you are, and uh, you know, is it wise to uh, try and do this? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it's a lot uh, better to live in Silicon Valley and, because you're kind of in the heart of where all this stuff is happening. Did you feel you benefit from being, you know, in the center of where all the action is? You know, interestingly, in I, I thought that I would have uh, having when, when I was setting out to go do this thing. It, it was part of what probably inspired me to to kind of go after it. Is that I was I was I had moved here, I was living here, I was working here, and uh, may, maybe drank the Kool Aid a little bit, and and that's what kind of inspired me to to get get kicking with it. Um, and I thought that being here would be a great help. But I think what ended up happening in practice or in reality is that, uh, you know, it's a very crowd. This is a very crowded 
market for startups. Um, and so in addition to the cost of living being, being incredibly high, um, you know, yes, all the VCs are here, but so are, you know, all the other startups. And, um, you know, there's, I think we're kind of moving towards a more global economy. I think I just read uh, an interesting fact that said, um, you know, one of the top VCs, I, 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 the name's escaping me off the top of my head, but uh, they, they've made 26 investments last year and only five of them were U.S. based. So um, that's that, that's a big shift in the way things are being done. And with it, like you said, with the cost of living being so high here and the uh, the competition for engineering talent being so high, you know, you've got Yelp and Google offering guys coming out of college, you know, tons of money uh, to work for, to work for them with essentially no risk. And then you're asking a guy to, to come on board and join you as a co-founder for zero, you know, basically equity and a, and a, and a hope, um, that that's hard. So, you know, I would encourage people not to be uh, drawn in by the allure of Silicon Valley. And if you're in, in, uh, you know, somewhere in Ohio, you know, maybe, maybe try figuring out how to make it work from there. Yeah, I mean, this is a show that tries to uh, bring a dose of reality to a lot of the, you know, misinformation that is out there, because all we hear from Silicon Valley is uh, the crazy startup, you know, valuations uh, from some of the big hits. But of course, I mean, that's only a very small, minute percentage of the overall market. And uh, for for every one win, there's there's probably thousands and thousands of uh, losses. Uh, but I'm guessing. Okay, here's a here's a guess. I think that you you said that you used to work in startups. Did that uh, being surrounded uh, in a startup community? Did that almost give you the the kind of push to do your own thing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think so. And I also I went to. Um... I, I attended college at Stanford University and I went to business school there as well. And, and so that experience, as well as just being in this area and surrounded by startups, it, it definitely gives you, um, I mean, you're like, kind of like you said, there, there are some of these big hits and there's so many, the, the success stories are so exciting. Um, and, you know, I think by nature, I had a little bit of that entrepreneurial drive as well, but it, you, you surround yourself by the all the all the success stories and all the excitement around building something new and and impactful that's going to change the way people uh, you know live their daily lives and and you know it's like I said it's easy to drink the Kool Aid. So Jason, I, I can think a very great way of helping um, some want to be app entrepreneurs out could be to talk through you know the launch of your app because. We've gone through, you've, you've quit your job, you've got this great idea, you're building it, you're iterating on it, but, but did, you know, did you learn anything from the launch? You know, what, one thing that's actually come up um, it, very recently is, uh, so when, when I launched my app, I just kind of, uh, to be honest with you, I had spent all the money that I had uh, allocated towards the, the effort. Um, it, towards development of the app and and actually creating the the actual thing itself, uh, and I I didn't leave anything uh, or I didn't have anything left over when I was done for any kind of concerted marketing effort, um, and that's actually you know to be quite frank that's really I think that's really hurt me because I have a a product that is pretty good in my personal opinion when I look at uh, when I look around the marketplace and it solves a real problem. 
but I have, you know, I, I think I'm still hovering right around, you know, I think 2,500 active users. And, um, and that's, you know, that's, that's not that great for, for two years and, you know, uh, tens of thousands of dollars invested in, in building something. Um, so I, I think that, you know, d not underestimating the value of, of marketing and, and even a clever marketing scheme. Uh, I, I just also read about, um, there's a, a product called Wego that uh, was has only been on the market for a handful of months, but they're using a very similar strategy to what Facebook used. It's college campuses only, and they are it's exclusive. So you actually can't get it until a certain number of people have signed up on your campus for it. And they are uh, they're they're blowing up, right? And and they're it's easy sometimes to underestimate the value of being clever or, or thoughtful about how you go about your release strategy as opposed to just thinking, look, I built something great and I'm going to put it out there to the whole world and they're going to they're going to find out about it. Um, that just doesn't happen. How funny would it be if you're sitting there presenting to some venture capitalists and you say, I've got a really good idea. I'm going to copy uh, Facebook's uh, marketing strategy and only roll this out uh, on campus and make it exclusive and make sure that, that you'd be laughed off the, uh, it's, <laughs> the pitch. Yeah, it's true. I, I laughed and, at it as well. I mean, a couple folks uh, said, you know, I think I had a couple of friends that said, hey, you, you know, you should do that. And I, I almost was like, that's ridiculous. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And, you know, here we are a couple of years later and uh, someone is, is doing the same exact thing and, and they're winning. And uh, I guess like for discovery then, it, it, it can be quite challenging. Uh, I mean, have you tried app store optimization or have you tried split testing? Have you learned anything from that experience? Um, you know, to, to be honest with you, I, I haven't. Uh, I haven't had a, a very good experience, um, you know, sort of with app store. I've tried to, to you know, sort of increase the, uh, you know, revised search terms and, and whatnot within the app to to be more discoverable, but um, you know, most of the reading that I've done has suggested that you kind of you kind of need to end up on the on the front page to really be found um, via that organic search uh, within the app stores. And uh, aside from that, like the the real, I think the real opportunities are are sort of the in app. Um, you know, in-app viral marketing and, and those types of things. If you can, if you can figure out a way that makes sense within the context of your product, and that's not, you know, obviously a, a, a cheesy hack to try to get people to share the thing. Um, I think that's the way that you can, you know, that the best products do it. So I want to squeeze two more things in before we say goodbye to Jason. One is that I would love to figure out you know what what the biggest pain points are in your business right now and and try and, f and flesh out maybe a new idea for an app uh, so if you think back to the last few months that you've been working you've been busy on all these different things uh, what's been the real frustration uh, that you can see from what you're trying to do so the my, my frustration and and it started all the way back when I when I kicked the thing off um and and has lasted until now has been you know I I was always looking for a technical co-founder someone with a a great C, you know sort of CTO type background that could uh that could really take ownership of a lot of the technical side of the business because that's not my strong suit I have a 
you know, I, I kind of recognize where my skill set lies and, and that wasn't it. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard. And I would, I would strongly encourage one just sort of as a piece of advice to the, to the listeners out there. If you, if you think this is something that you want to do, you want to be in technology, you want to start a company and found something, go to work for a technology company, not necessarily, not necessarily to learn about technology, but to meet people who are also into technology, right? The, the kinds of, you know, be a product manager for a technology firm and, and make friends with the engineers that you work with. And, uh, that will be invaluable in, in basically, you know, putting together the team that you need to, to build this thing, right? Because huge, a huge portion of what enables fundraising is the team, not necessarily even the idea. So, uh, you know, if you have that in place, then you can go uh, probably a lot farther than you would without it. So when you said you're kicking this thing off, you're actually look, looking for a technical co-founder right now. I, right? Yes, I've, I've, uh, I was looking for a technical co-founder and I still am two years later. Uh, if I you know, could find that right person that is able to you know, come on board and be as excited as I am about this, about this thing and has the right complementary skill set, then, then you know, that's, uh, that would be a panacea, I think, for, um, you know, for the growth of the product. Well, there you go. I mean, as a reward for anyone listening who is uh, really, you know, excited by the app and that opportunity and happens to be uh, living in your neck of the woods, then yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you should certainly uh, get in touch. Yeah. Uh, so, so Jason, what about pulling out your phone and giving us one or two app recommendations? We love talking about apps and it's called the App Guy podcast after all. And I uh, wondered if you could try and think of an app or two that would be great, maybe that we haven't come across before. Interesting. Uh I'm, I'm getting out my phone right now. I'm uh... now. You know the the great thing about this podcast is no guest ever knows that I'm going to be asking about apps, <laughs> but we all have the phone within reach. So. Right, right. Um, you know that's that's really funny. I, um, I I'm you know the the apps I use on a on a day to day basis are I, I think probably very mainstream and stuff you've you've already encountered before. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure that I have uh, anything truly insightful or or new to offer, which is kind of sad for a guy. I, I spend all my time building my app, and I don't I don't explore the rest of what's out there in the world. Yeah, I heard there's a, a few guys that recently downloaded something like ten thousand apps for over a year yeah. and was experimenting with those. And yeah, actually, just on this point, then uh, you know, you are a creator. You're you're almost like you're bringing your own art to the world through your app. Do you think it changes the way you consume? Yes, I think it definitely does. I, I think I'm very very critical of um, and it's funny because I you know I obviously experience there's no software product out there that doesn't have bugs in it or things that are wrong. And I know that there's problems with my own app uh, that I'm constantly, you know, pulling my hair out, trying to fix. And, but I, I think it does make me very, very critical. And I, I see something, you know, that's taking off or getting a, you know, when I, I remember when Yo came out and I just, I was just shaking my head and holding my head in, in frustration that it was, um, that, that that was getting a million downloads or 2 million downloads is, it was ridiculous to me and it frustrating. And at the same time, you know, I have, I still had to clap my hands and applaud uh, that they were able to do what they did. 
Yeah, well, I have to say, any for, for everyone listening to this, if there is anyone out there that is still using Yo now <laughs> after the initial download, uh, I used it twice, I think, and it's it is still on my phone, but it's just one of those complete useless dud apps, uh, and uh, it's obviously it was all the hype, all the marketing, and I think a lot of that was from they they raised millions uh, to to you know market it, the market that, and, and it was obviously very clever, but. Uh, I guarantee that there, I would love to see uh, Yo's uh, usage rates, you know, and, and after the big buzz, <laughs> how many people are actually opening it? Um, hey, I, you know, I, Paul, I did think of one uh, one app that um, it's not it's not like a small or new or new app. It's actually been around for a long time, but uh, I think a lot of people don't realize how useful it can be. Um, but it's actually Google Voice. Um, I use it all the time. It, you know, it, it's it's a actually a, a super useful tool for me. Um, being able to have a phone number and receive like I just use it for texting, and uh, uh, you know you can access it via a web interface when you don't want to be on your phone. And it's actually it's a it's a pretty phenomenal little tool uh, if you can take advantage of it. And not not a lot of people, you know, in typical Google fashion, they they've built this great great thing and then uh you know never promoted it never marketed it and you know probably 95 percent of the world doesn't know it even exists yeah and it's another one of those things i did look into this like a few years ago i could be wrong now but i think it's only predominantly the u.s that is offering google voice so uh if we if i'm wrong then you know (laughs) shut me out yeah uh, i don't know again it's the beauty of living you know where you are and you get access to all these great services. And unfortunately, Google hasn't, I don't think, rolled that out. Uh, but I'll make sure I'll put links to um, Google Voice and uh, put that on. So anyone listening goes to, just need to go to theappguy.co and go to episode 261 with uh, Jason Powers. I uh, wondered if, uh, we, you know, if you could give us a way of connecting with you, Jason, because I certainly have been inspired by your journey. And uh, clearly there's a shout out for any anyone who's potentially views themselves as, as a good tech co-founder for you but how best to get in touch with you how best to reach out actually yeah uh, the best is that I, I i channel everything through my personal email account and it's just j d as in daniel powers jd powers at gmail.com great and i'll make sure again i put that in the show notes uh, so do, jason do you think we covered everything you wanted to cover about your app and uh, the the story that you you know you had with that we missed anything out that's pertinent to to your no, story I, I think that i think that pretty much covers it i'd love uh you know one of the things that i i love more than anything else uh, and this goes out to the listeners is um you know I, I love feedback uh it's what makes i think that's what makes products great you know i i had a vision and uh and i built towards that vision but um you know i'm i'm not so proud to think that that i on you know pass one or pass two have created the perfect product and so um you know if you, if you think there is something to what i've put together with with plan up uh, you know please don't hesitate to send uh send feedback my way and uh hopefully you know with the collective wisdom of the masses uh and and, and you know the users we can we can make this thing uh really really great Actually, Jason, just since you mentioned feedback, I could give a shout out to my sponsor, Asking Point, who have very cleverly uh, in- incorporated uh, the ability to get feedback within your app uh, so that uh, you're trying to take away 
you know, some of the negative criticism from the app stores and the reviews to, to actually in, in built in your app. So uh, that's why I love talking about them and, and they're a sponsor on the show. Excellent. Uh, asking point. Yeah. So Jason, thanks very much for joining us on the show and uh, all the best with, uh, you know, everything. And uh, that's uh, really, you know, try, try our best as the listeners to, to uh, get you another few thousand downloads. Oh, that'd be great, Paul. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.